0: because you could have the most stressful event happen, but if you're regulated in your nervous system, you'll take it in stride. And we almost become afraid of the feelings, which causes even further disruption of your nervous system. Connection is being present in the moment that you are.
1: Over the course of my life and career, I've discovered the power of consciously investing in mindset and personal development. It has been a true game changer for me in my personal and professional life. And I'm extremely excited that you decided to join us today to take one step forward in your own life. Most of my breakthroughs have come from one-on-one conversations. We created this show to bring you those unfiltered conversations each and every week. Hello, and welcome back to the Connected Mindset Live. I'm your host, Greg Tomchik. extremely glad that you decided to join us today, whether it's morning or afternoon or evening for you. We have an exceptional episode today with Miss Corey Phelps, and uh, we're going to dive in here shortly. But before we do, many of you that have been listening to the show know why I started Valor Cybersecurity, because I was a victim of a cyber attack in one of my first companies. and. We recently came out with a solution that I wish I had which is just a free way to understand where you stand from a cybersecurity threat perspective. Are you at risk? And you're going to be able to get that for free. I'll put the link in the show notes. Um, But this is really the starting path if you have a business or a brand to understand where you are from a cybersecurity perspective, and a way that you can improve it something I wish I had early on in my business career. And we're going to deliver that to you. So without further ado, Ms. Corey Phelps, thanks so much for joining us. Really looking forward to diving in. And how we like to start this show to open things up, get the audience a little bit more information about you, is what mission are you on? And what are you hoping that each person listening in today walks away with?
0: I am on a mission to help individuals manage and navigate stress, the like the stressful environment that we live in, and basically learn how to take that stress and rather having, having it be something that's a negative impact on their health, their well-being, their mindset, and their performance, be something that they're able to harness and use as fuel, which is something that we are all capable of doing, is standing in the face of stress and not having it impact us negatively.
1: Yeah, I love that. Um, that's definitely something that I think anybody in business, but anybody in a role where they're pushing themselves beyond their comfort zone is going to encounter. So I, I think it's not getting rid of stress. But, you know, one of the things I want to start the conversation at is what brought you to the realization that people around you needed you know, this type of modality um, that you're bringing to the world now?
0: Oh my goodness, because I needed it. I found myself sitting in an emergency room thinking that I was having a heart attack at the age of 37, but I was actually having a panic attack that was driven by the third time that I was entering burnout. So I kept ignoring the signs, and finally it was a two by four that was. I was getting across the back that was like, okay, it is time. Like, what is it going to take for you to finally learn that you can't ignore these signs, and you need to learn how to manage stress because we can't, we can't remove it. It's just not impossible. It's impossible to remove it, and really, we wouldn't, we wouldn't want to. It's the thing that actually expands us and pushes us to our edges. But if you allow it to. I don't know, not be able to like to turn off and, and impact you in a way that's, that's negatively, this is how we end up sick, we end up with disease, we end up with relationship problems, money problems, all the problems come from us not being able to navigate external
1: stress. Mm -hmm. How do you look at stress? Do you think it starts internally? And how we process the outside world? Or do you think by nature, our outside worlds give our body stress, you know, our kind of Our vehicles that we're operating the world through, um, from that standpoint, kind of the internal versus the external.
0: Oh, oh, that's a good question. I think it's kind of like a chicken and an egg. But Mm -hmm. i I actually think that it most likely is our perception of stress because. The, I think the outside world, while it's in a constant state of change, it's how we respond because you could have the most stressful event happen, but if you're regulated in your nervous system, you'll take it in stride and it'll bounce right off of you. Or you could be in a certain frame of mind, a certain state, and it could be the tiniest thing, just like a grain of sand in your shoe. And all of a sudden we're taking it personally and flying off the handle. So it's our perception and the way that we are viewing it, the lens with which we're seeing it from.
1: Yeah, I love that. And that's, I think one of the things I learned from sports playing baseball was our coaches would always tell us that, you know, there's gonna be chaos always going on in our environment but it's how we perceive it that results in how we respond to it as opposed to react to it. Um, And I think, you know, that was key for me. But, you know, as I got out of sports, I realized that the world around me looked at stress differently than, you know, the athletic world. And I found myself caught up in that kind of a little bit of a skewed perception of what stress was and and how I could handle it. It was a different type of stress than being on a pitcher's mound and knowing what I needed to do. Um, and there was, you know, a lot of chaos and going through all the transitions I've gone through since. Um, and I think we're always going through transitions. So it's, you know, it, it's not always the same type of stress. And I think that's important for people to recognize is it comes in different shapes and sizes and it really does impact your health, um, mentally, (laughs) physically, spiritually. And um, when I initially came across your work, I saw nervous system. And that's one of the things I've been really interested in lately. Um, With some of the transitions that I went through the past six to eight months, I started to realize that even though I was doing the right things for my body, you know, my nervous system was kind of disrupted um, in, in a way and Uh, Once I came to that realization, I was able to put some things in place, Um, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on, you know, what the nervous system is, um, you know, how you came to understand it yourself and then what you've seen kind of other people do to transform it.
0: Mm. Yeah. So, well, I, I love the fact that you became aware of the whole idea of, of the nervous system. It's kind of a buzzword right now. And sometimes buzzwords can be like, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm happy that it's a buzzword because we're starting to really become mainstream where people are understanding the impact of our nervous system on everything. It's integral to everything that we, we do. So I think the best way to explain it is that your nervous system is the bridge between you and the outside world. It is the way that we manage and um, handle stress. And part of your nervous system is your subconscious mind. So your nervous system controls your heart rate. It controls all sorts of different things that are integral to just us being alive. And it is kind of like, Um, the, almost like the operating system of, of your body. So imagine you are like a race car, your nervous system is kind of like whether you're putting the foot on, on the gas or the foot on the brake. And some of those things are unconscious for us. Like they're just automatic. Like your heart's going to beat whether you are asking it to or not but there are parts of our nervous system that we get to drive much like a race car and this is the piece that i'm extremely fascinated by and what i really help people harness the power of is being able to control those things and put your foot on the gas when you need to and you want to and it's in your best interest and Put your foot on the get ga- on the brake when it also serves you. The problem that we run into, and which is something that I was experiencing and why I am so passionate about it, is we tend to get stuck with both the foot on the gas and on the brake, and that's when we start to have these really awful health impacts. I mean, really, most diseases come from a nervous system issue. And so the more that we can learn how to navigate and manage stress, the less disease we will be in, like in experiencing as a society as a whole. And it's really important for us as entrepreneurs, business owners, because there are these moments when we really need to be able to show up at our highest potential. And that's when we want to be able to put our foot on on the gas. And when we put our foot on the gas in that way, we kind of have two responses. We can show up with your foot on the gas, kind of like in this cool collected state, or you could have your foot on the gas and be really frantic. And when we need to be able to perform at the top of our, our game, like imagine you're getting ready to walk onto a stage and like, you know, deliver a keynote speech to a group of people whom it's going to be like a game changer for your business. You want to be able to walk on that stage and deliver just like a professional athlete would walking onto that field and thriving in the face of kind of uncertainty and knowing exactly what to do and how to do it and being able to do it in a way that's going to wow everyone around you. And that's what nervous system regulation starts to do when you're able to drive your nervous system, like a race car driver
1: mm-hmm, yeah I love that analogy i can I can almost like feel that where it's the gas and the and the brake and oftentimes in the past, I always kind of stuff those feelings down. I think a lot of us do where it's just like you 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 feel it but you don't you don't listen to it you just kind of like let it be stuffed down, and I think that creates like you're confusing the two where you're going back and forth and between the the two pedal and the the uh brake so
0: yeah absolutely and your nervous system talks to you through your intuition that's part of the uh, part of your nervous system because your intuition really is seated in your subconscious mind and so we get these little intuitive hits and we become so disassociated from them we start to ignore them so we become trained to like not even feel the things that we need to feel and then we almost become afraid of the feelings which causes even further disruption of your nervous system
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i love how you make it not as medical as because the nervous system traditionally in the past has been so medical And I think that's what people kind of ran away from it because it was like, oh, that's like a nerve in my body. Like, I don't understand how nerves fire (laughs) and uh, and work. So I think making it more understandable to people allows them to take more focused action.
0: Yeah. I mean, it definitely is medical, but then it's also this whole mindset piece. It's a performance Mm -hmm. piece. And there's even if we want to go there, there's this spiritual context that gets to come into play too. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. How do, you, how do you look at that piece of it? Because I'm interested in that. Is that spiritual practices like breath work and hypnotherapy, or is that more kind of mental rituals that you're going through more on the internal?
0: Mm, that's it, kind of encapsulates all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, when we start tapping into the the subconscious mind, like I said, the nervous system really is the bridge between us and the outside world, us mm-hmm. and the, I would say, the spiritual world. And this, we might be getting into like a whole realm of maybe, I don't know if you want to go there or not, but mm-hmm. in my opinion, anything that is like so vast and amazing when you start bringing science into it. I believe that's spiritual. I mean, how can you, I mean, the complexities of all of that, how can you not look at that and be like, wow, there's got to be some sort of something else at play here. And your nervous system, your subconscious mind, your intuition, all of it is this interconnected piece. And when we can kind of take that pause and drop into the internal world, I think it's when we start, we're able to start to tap into those feelings of awe and gratitude, which are an integral piece of being able to manage stress and also view other people's model of the world and have empathy for them, which is another piece of being able to be regulated in your nervous system. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, that's incredible. And that's one of the reasons that we started this show was because we wanted to help people better connect with the world around them. Um, And we found in our own journeys that, you know, based off of the mindsets we had, based off of the perceptions that we had, we could wake up three different ways on three different days, and the the whole day was different across those. Um, And that's, I think, at the core of those spiritual practices that somebody can have that really sets their day up for success or fulfillment or whatever they want to get out of it at the end of the day.
0: Oh my gosh, absolutely. When we are able to connect to those internal pieces, we're able to walk on a higher path. And when we're we're able to walk on that higher path, we're able to perform better. We're able Mm -hmm. to support other people, which then creates a massive ripple effect. Imagine if everyone was walking around in that kind of a state where (laughs) they were cool, calm, and collected, operating at their highest potential, and then helping everyone around them tap into that power too. I mean, I think that we'd have a lot less issues in the world.
1: Yeah, a lot less disease, a lot less frustration and conflicts. Yeah, I, I think that leads us to a good place on a term that I've been pretty fascinated with lately, which is codependence and kind of, you know, we've always known that the people we surround ourselves with is vital to who we become and who we are in that current state. And you know, one of the things around the nervous system and the energy we have, it's a lot, we feel that from the people that we're surrounded by. Um, And, you know, you mentioned it right there where, what if more people were in that kind of level of consciousness and they were in that present type state, I think it would make everybody better off uh, because things around us do impact us. It's like a dog beside us. If a dog's beside us, And it's sitting there calmly that makes our nervous system more calm and that's why they say like service dogs and therapy dogs and uh, i think that's the same with people Um, and i think a lot of people don't choose you know friends business partners colleagues based off of that aspect of how is that person going to impact you know where i sit and where i stand in in my my own being Um, how have you seen that impact Kind of your own life and the people that you've coached oh my goodness well
0: i love that we're talking about this because there's something when we when we talk about nervous system regulation it's called co-regulation mm. and there's all of these studies that have been done that show the, and I can't even remember like the actual statistics, but basically just being in proximity to someone, whether it's a high performer or whether it's someone who's regulated, automatically it's it's contagious and it's because we are communal beings. Um, and so I've seen direct impact both in my, my personal life, but also in my, in my client's life. I mean, it's the reason when you step into a community, it's the why everyone right now, I think community is such a big buzzword, Because when we step into a community, we tend to absorb the energy, the habits, all of it. So if we're looking to create something bigger, it's really important to be able to surround yourself with people thinking bigger, doing bigger things. And like on the other side of that, if you happen to be hanging around with people whom um, maybe they're smoking, drinking, not working out, and you might be the epitome of health, but if you spend all of your time, you are going to backslide into some habits that are not necessarily aligned with whom you are. It's just contagious. It just happens. And when I was when I first started in entrepreneurship, I just started putting myself in rooms with people who were thinking bigger doing big things taking risks and all of a sudden i just was i just stepped into that that persona and the next thing you know you know like you're investing in yourself and learning things and and growing and i see it firsthand with my clients as well when they come into whether it's a community container or one to one all of a sudden the energy is elevated and things just start to kind of take on a life of their own in a positive context of course
1: hmm yeah, I love that. Co-regulation. I, I think codependency may be a different, different term. I think what I really was in kind of getting to was that regulation piece of like, if if somebody around you is not regulated and you're depending on them to kind of, you know, give you feedback or you know, give you back energy, I think that that's, that's critical. And um, that's definitely a term I'm going to put in my repertoire. Co-regulation.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think even codependency. It's when you think about that, it's it's a kind of like makes sense that we would end up in codependent relationships based on the principles of codependent or co-regulation because we want to be in community. We as human beings need it, we desire it. And so it's an easy thing to fall into if someone potentially isn't necessarily healed or two people aren't in a more healed and aware mindset, a codependent relationship can happen based on our needs as human beings, the needs of our of our nervous system. And then we end up in this, you know, cycle of kind of bad habits, which is why it's so important for us to step into that awareness and really be discerning whom we put ourselves in proximity to.
1: Yeah, and doing it intentionally, I think, is critical. Um, and I think talking about it, I think a lot of people stuff it down, it's kind of like the money conversation at the dinner table. It's like, if you know, you either talk about it, or you don't talk about it. And I, I don't think enough people talk about you know, that aspect of things. And I think it needs to be. And that's one of the things you're putting out into the world, which I think is amazing and more people need it. And uh, definitely looking forward to continuing to follow your work on that front. Um, what do you think most people struggle with? You know, I think people listening in today, they, they get the topic of, you know, what what it feels like, some of the things that are signs, you know, but what do you see most people struggling with when it comes to peak performance and, you know, kind of regulating their nervous system again or revitalizing themselves, getting unstuck. We have, we have kind of all these terms, but, you know, what do you see most people struggling with today? And then what would you say that they can, where they can start to get on the right path?
0: Oh, goodness. That, that's a, almost a hard one to because it's so many different things. I think one of the things is packing your schedule so tightly that you don't have the space to have an awareness for all of us, right? I mean, if you are a meeting to meeting to meeting or running from one place to the other, you're in a constant state of not being in your body. And when we're not in our body, we end up you know, snapping or not being aware of the words that we're saying before we say them, having that moment of pause, that space to think. And so I would say that that would probably be one of the top things. And we start to think that almost like rules don't apply to us. Like, oh, I can do that. And yes, you could pack your schedule all day long for one, maybe two days in a row and be totally fine. But when it starts to be that way over and over and over, that's when we start to, I think, really leave our body and not be able to perform at a high level, not be aware of what's going on around us and really become disconnected from what's happening in our body.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I think that would be the top one.
1: Yeah. Why do you think people do that? Do you think it's a sense of their self-worth is linked to their schedule?
0: Um, yes, I think that that's definitely a thing. I think that we're also in a society and a culture that has glorified this idea of the the badge of busy, right? Like the busier you are, the more you're actually doing, which is a complete lie. It it really is. So often we're so busy, but we're not actually accomplishing anything. We feel really great about it, but we're not actually accomplishing things. And it is hard to sit with the space and the thoughts a lot of times. And so I think that gets a little bit scary when we're in this place of staying busy all of the time, when the silence comes in and the thoughts come in, there can be a little bit of a place of, of panic, but the more we are able to step into that place, actually, when we clear our schedule, we're able to get more done in less time, but it take that actually takes work. And sometimes it takes a little bit of a backslide where you are you're taking two or three steps backwards before you catapult forward
1: mm-hmm. yeah i think people don't even consider the step backwards they only consider i have to keep growing i have to keep moving forward i have to keep you know cu- getting on the phone or i have to keep putting myself into tasks and what is that step backwards look like and i'm sure that's a lot of the resistance that you get with the clients that you work with is um i know i need to take a step back but where do i start
0: yeah well it's so uncomfortable um the, i think the resistance is is like oh my gosh i couldn't possibly hit pause right now the whole world's going to crumble around me everything feels so urgent and dire and when we actually start to take that step back you start to see how of everything is not that urgent. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so it really is, it's just a being able to, for me and and working with a client, what usually what happens is, is if I can just get you to show up and feel for the hour that Mm -hmm. we have blocked, typically that is enough of a, a pause to at least have those seeds start to, to kind of, I don't know, Germinate, if we will. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge um, supporter of that. That we're all planting seeds, and a lot of times we plant the seed and then throw poison on it. I, I like to think like it's, you know, you plant the seed and you do something with good intention, but then you're, you're kind of, you're not giving it healthy food. You're not giving it healthy energy. You're not giving it, you know, the time that it needs and the relaxation. You're just giving it like constant. Yeah. feeding of, of high rays of sunshine potentially, or high rays of chemicals.
0: Oh yeah. It's that instant nice. gratification society mm-hmm. that, that we live in and yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. How has uh, being a D one athlete shaped who you, who you are today and you know, who you're becoming?
0: Oh, mm, I think so. I very early on in, in my I think in childhood, I really started to understand how sports are truly metaphorical for life. And so that piece of really understanding that that was like the playground of where like it's where I got to test out ideas, thoughts, feelings, all of the things in my young adult life and learning how to interact and play with other people was a, a big thing understanding that a team is really only as strong as the weakest link and so if everyone shows up holding that responsibility of doing their part and showing up at their highest potential that whether you win or whether you lose doesn't matter you just know that you came you showed up with everything that you had and it really shows you um, and teaches you about trust both trust in yourself and trust in other people and that failure is probably the most valuable thing that we can learn how to embody in life it's not about the wins i mean if we're winning every day all day then that would be pretty boring Mm
1: -hmm. yeah yeah it really would it'd feel good From probably an internal chemical standpoint but then you get numb to it and it would just be like oh it's just another thing absolutely
0: Uh, it's polarity right is that play Mm -hmm. there right if we are always winning then we don't really know how good it feels to win or how good it feels to actually work for the win
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i love that yeah you know one of the things that I try to do in the cybersecurity world because it's a very, most executives when they come into that topic are very stressed out and their nervous systems are very like on edge. They, they might not understand it. So it's a little bit of ego there. Um, but one of the things that we do is when we do an assessment, we do interviews with every executive in the business, you know, big or small. And um, for the first five minutes, it's a lot of like questions around, you know, what was the favorite, your favorite thing you did this week? Or, you know, what, what is something that you know, a win from this week, or just something outside of cybersecurity, because a lot of times they feel like they're being um, interviewed on, you know, where they're deficient, and I don't think any of us really enjoy that. Um, so, you know, that's that's been a big thing I've I've tried to bring from sports um, to the business world because I had coaches early on that they knew maybe they need to dr- to drill something into us as a team but they started the conversation a little bit differently. Um, so a little bit of the communication aspect. I know you do breath work and hypnotherapy um, and I'm sure a lot of those come with difficult conversations um, and I think conversation and words really impact our nervous systems and our ability to perform. Have you come across any breakthroughs in, you know, how to approach those tougher conversations um, you know with the folks you're coaching today.
0: Well, I mean, I think that the the biggest breakthrough in how to approach them is actually being able to show up with a regulated nervous system because a lot of times, I mean, the vulnerability piece is really important, right? The, the, the other person being able to open up and f- be vulnerable, but I could ask questions and they could be the greatest questions and you might not feel safe to open up to me, but the piece that I think is the most important is the energy that you show up with because you can feel it. It's a felt experience when sh- someone shows up and you're like, oh, I feel safe with, with that person automatically before they even ask the question, before they even ask you like the, the hard things. So that has been the most pivotal thing. So I feel like before I enter into a conversation, before I enter into any kind of container or relationship, the first thing that I get to do is to make sure that I am radically responsible in my energy and my nervous system, which then facilitates and creates a safe space for that breakthrough to happen.
1: Mm -hmm. How do you think you control the energy you put out into the world? Because everybody probably picks up something different based off of that perception we talked about, and how they're perceiving you know, stress or the outside world, like they could have somebody that is bringing such good energy, such calm energy. But if they're coming in with a on fire nervous system, or on fire, you know, they just came out of a meeting that they were yelling in. Yeah. How do you make sure that you're, I guess, matching or, you know, counteracting? Yeah. Mm,
0: Yeah. Well, so matching and mirroring is definitely something that happens with your nervous system. Mm -hmm. So if someone was in a conversation, they came out and they were like, what? Mm -hmm. Like sitting down with me first, when we are regulated, the thing is, is that almost like the most regulated nervous system is kind of like the antenna, the beacon that's, that's like this. So knowing that. I don't allow that energy to pull me down into a reactive state. So when you can hold that energy like that is the first phase and step. But if I was having a conversation with someone like that, I might actually say, wow, I see that you've just had a really intense experience or depending on what was going on, I I would use some sort of language to make them aware. And then I would ask them usually to to take a breath or two with me if they were in a state that would be receptive to that. But the tonality of your voice, the eye contact that you make with someone else will start to lead someone to a place where that will help them kind of come down into a more regulated state. And so you'll, I'll usually start to notice an, an opening where I might be able to say, maybe you could just take a, can we just take a breath together? Can we just, you know, for a pause because i really i really need to regulate my nervous system might be something that i would say or i'd be like oh my gosh i'm really on edge do you mind if we just take a couple deep breaths together and that usually is enough to bring someone down and then you'd say oh my gosh wow your energy has changed and i would point it out to them
1: yeah i love that that's a great way to approach it because a lot of times that impacts us and it causes us to act in a certain way that is you know it's almost like pouring gasoline on the fire because we're feeling stressed because they're stressed and then we respond in a way that's like all right let's just get to work and you know keep pushing on when you know everybody's distracted Yeah, Mm
0: -hmm. absolutely. And there's, I mean, even another piece that depending on the nature of the relationship, just even like reaching out and putting your hand on someone because Mm -hmm. touch is such an important thing. And of course you should never touch someone if you don't have permission or you don't have that dynamic, but just even whether it's a hand on the shoulder or a hand on the arm can be so grounding for someone else.
1: Yeah. I love that. And I've heard, I've heard that in the. There's something there was a study done between pitchers and catchers because I was a pitcher and um, it was interesting because like the best catchers would always, you know, facilitate some type of touch, whether it was like hey, like here's the ball, and then they put it in your hand and like you know, touch your hand or like you know, smack you on the back or you know, touch your arm. And it was it was amazing that the energy the pitcher would bring back to that scenario. And it just it's a small example of you know, how we can more positively impact people, which I think we all want. But a lot of us get in the moment and we get stuck in a moment where we're not able to kind of take ourselves out of it to see the bigger picture. Um, And I think a lot of people are stuck in that. A lot of people say, like, you're stuck in the box or you're stuck in your own world. Yeah. Um, And I think we all want to kind of hop out of that. But it's not a clear path, you know, down to hop out of that box, um, which I think is critical.
0: Well, the funny thing I think when you're when you're saying that, it reminds me of that statement of it's not about you. Yeah. And all everything, right? Like pretty much it's like life isn't about you. We like mm-hmm. to think that it is because we are ego-centered beings. Mm-hmm. And when we can start to embody that and understand that our energy impacts someone else's energy. And if we can start to kind of have that approach of it's not about me, then we get to both receive great energy from other people, and we get to give it to others. Yeah,
1: yeah, give and receive. And a lot of people talk about like, just, you know, I think one of the terms is, if you're unhappy, just go serve people. And I've been thinking a lot about that lately of, you know, some people burn themselves out by just, you know, serving other people, then they forget about themselves. And then when they're, you know, in, in their 50s or 60s, they're like, you know, I'm, I'm in terrible health, you know, I've served a lot of people, I've made a lot of money. And it's kind of how do you how do you think about that today? And how is that perspective developed for you on that balance between making sure you're in the right energy, mind space, spirituality, to be able to bring good energy, um, and kind of tending to that, you know, garden, as well as serving the others around you and not making sure that's not a toxic dynamic
0: Mm. i feel like i'm just going to bring all the cliches today we cannot pour from an empty cup so if we want to be of service Mm -hmm. and to be able to impact it at the highest level the first phase is making sure that our cup is full and the funny part about that is is our nervous system can always oftentimes be referred to like a vessel. So if you imagine that your cup is overflowing, a few things, A, we get to expand our capacity because your nervous system, the more that we step into this high performance and use it, we can actually expand our cup. And instead of being like a tiny little cup, it can now be a vase and there's more room. So the more we practice filling our own cup, the more we expand our capacity to serve and, and give. So that's the first phase is making sure that you are taken care of and that's health that's sleep that's drinking enough water that's exercising that's eating great food that's making sure that your relationships are great relationships that you're pouring into them that sort of thing before you move out and into the world and start to create that ripple effect on the next layer
1: absolutely yeah i love that and i think we hear a lot about Filling our cup, But I love how you mentioned the nervous system when you actually get it regulated, it, it expands. Um,
0: Absolutely.
1: And kind of that super expansion that you talk about. Um, so uh, I want to dive a little bit into. I'm sure you've come across quite a few people with different situations, you know, different things they're battling with. Um, you've gone through your own journey. You know, you have your podcast, 200 episodes. Congratulations on that. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, what are some of the key takeaways, kind of life lessons, um, you know, biggest things that you have discovered, you know, through your journey from from that event at 34, having burnout for the third time, realizing like, I can't do this anymore to the quarry that's in front of us today. And some of the things that just stick out to you that you are kind of putting out into the world today from a key lesson standpoint?
0: Oh, well, you know, the more that we can start to understand that everyone is doing the best that they can with what they have in the moment is, I think, such a pivotal understanding for for me and that most people are operating from programming that's not updated. So they're operating from essentially like a child's, programming because that's when we are formed is that zero to seven time frame that, that subconscious is formed then. And so all of the events and the experiences that we have at that time really are the driver for the rest of our life. If we don't go in and do the upgrades, do the healing and all of it. And I know healing is definitely another one of those those buzzwords that's going around and it can sound a little scary, it can seem a little over overused. And, but I mean, I think that it's a really important piece is for all of us to be able to understand that all of our patterns, all of our actions, all of our behaviors come from that place until we start to change and upgrade those patterns and behaviors and understanding and learning that has been such a pivotal piece. It's made it so that I'm able to have so much more empathy and understanding that everyone really is just operating from their their model of the world Mm
1: -hmm. yeah and do you think that's all childhood do you think it's you know absolutely yeah
0: absolutely so the inside of that i mean when we again a trauma is another thing that's Mm -hmm. being thrown around all of the time and understanding yes there's big t and little t there's big things that go on for people that are catastrophic, but something doesn't have to fall into a catastrophic framework for it to impact us. We all have experiences that have made us feel bad, hurt us, shaped us in the way that we show up in the world today. And you didn't have as a child, the, the bandwidth understanding or knowledge that you do now as an adult to kind of see from like a bird's eye view and really understand because you were a child, but it does dictate how we respond in in adult life. And so until you can kind of go back in and start to understand these things that drive your patterns, then they're going to shape how you show up.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, one of my mentors talks about the evolution from being a human animal to a human being and and how, when we're growing up if we don't learn some of these principles we're kind of human animals we're reactive you know we're 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 just kind of conforming to the world around us we're you know we're being kind of that animals as opposed to being a being that that has some type of framework for operating in the world and continues to update that and it it resonated with me because you know, I've seen it so much in sports, like I've played with a lot of people from the Dominican Republic and like different countries that didn't have some of the frameworks that we have access to, you know, around us today. And um, you realize that when you're just going off of your environment, you're kind of just, you know, um, co-regulating based off of what other people are putting in and um, oftentimes that's not intentional because you don't know the difference. And uh, that's been huge for my evolution process to help me continue on my self-mastery journey and um, get me in a place where I can bring my best self um, to conversations like this. So that's definitely something that resonates with me. Um, before we get to the the last question that we like to ask on the show, and it's been exceptional to be with you today, um, where can folks find you? um how can they engage with you um if they want to take you up on you know your coaching program where can they find that
0: oh well I'm on all of the channels so you pretty much can find me (laughs) anywhere but I like to hang out on I'm on LinkedIn and I'm over on Instagram as well so Love to have conversations in the DMs on either one of those places. Uh, I also have a website. It's Corinne Phelps. You can find all sorts of information there. And of course, the podcast, the Super Expander podcast, if you kind of just want to learn a little bit more, you want to dive in, binge a couple episodes. uh, The Super Expander is on any podcast channel that you like to listen to podcasts on.
1: Excellent. I'm going to put the link to your website. In the chat here so folks can check it out. We'll also put it in the show notes as well. um, So folks can check you out. Definitely check out the podcast. I listened to a couple episodes leading up to this episode and was able to check out the 200 episode anniversary, which is a great compilation of some of the things that we talked about today. And I think folks should definitely check that out. Um, I love what you're doing with the platform. Um, It's so impactful. I think people need more of it. Um, So hopefully you know, in the coming months, you'll have folks from this show reach out and and benefit from all the great things you're doing from breathwork to hypnotherapy to just having conversations in the right capacity to help people be better on the other side of that conversation. I think we just need a little bit more of that in the world. And, and you gave and casted that vision of, you know, what if we were all operating at our highest selves and how much better the world would be um, from a health standpoint, from a, physical standpoint from a spirituality standpoint. So I think it's incredible. I love what you're doing. Um, Definitely support and looking forward to continuing the conversation. Um, One of the things we like to end the show with, because we're all about connectivity here and helping people better connect um, to the world around them. What does connection mean to you today, whether it's business or uh, in your personal life?
0: Connection is being present in the moment that you are in. So making sure that your head is where your heart is and your heart is where your feet are. I think that that is the the most pivotal piece of creating connection, whether that is in a group format or whether it is in a one-to-one format. And if we can take the time to make sure that we get in that space before we enter into any kind of um, interaction, we will start to create a deeper connection with the other human being or human beings that we're with.
1: Absolutely. And it helps us get more of what we want to put out into the world, which I think a lot of people want. But that's really the, the first step to get there. Um, and it's uh, definitely an impactful one. Corey, thanks so much for your time. Looking forward to continuing the conversation. And I will definitely be in touch soon.
0: Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be here and have this conversation with you. I appreciate you.